pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 211. Today I'm going to chat with Reagan Hearn, aka Pineapple Shooter, discuss the latest news on the UNATT, highlight a new 22 from Fabrique Nationale, and talk about a Michigan man who sued his parents for taking out the trash. I am your host, Ava Flannell. Reagan, how are you doing? I'm I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I love that name, Reagan. Thank you. Yeah. All right, before we get started, Smith and Wesson. If you guys are into Target 22s, you need to go check out the Smith and Wesson Victory Target model. The heavy barrel 22 is precision machine for extreme accuracy with the barrels. The barrels are actually interchangeable. You can order them with threaded or standard heavy barrels and in plain stainless or finished with uh, Cryptek camo. You can order them with standard or fiber optic sights, and they come with Picatinny rails if you want to run an optic. A really good starter gun, or even if you're just like really into competition shooting, I know they're definitely, you know, accurate shooters. Head on over to smith-wesson.com. Check those out. And uh, we're going to start the show. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, so Reagan, for listeners who aren't familiar with who you are, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the gun industry. Um, well, I think like my background would be that I shoot competitively in the terms of steel challenge and action steel. Mm-hmm. We are trying to get into precision rifle shooting because I recently just shot that match on a Saturday and I had lots of fun with that. It was very cool. I would definitely like to do it again. How long and, have you been shooting for? Um, I've been shooting competitively for about three years now, but I've been shooting like with my dad and my mom as a family since I was about five or six. Wow. And are you an only child? I am an only child. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Dang. Five or six. And then you go by pineapple shooter. I do. I do. And how is it that you came up with that name? Um, well, it's, it's surprisingly simple. Everyone that I've come across is like, man, that's gotta be something like you think about you're like, whoa, I, I got to make this super cool. But it was just kind of on a whim. Yeah. We were eating eating dinner and we saw a pineapple in the kitchen. And my dad's like, what do you want your Instagram name to be? And I was like, pineapple shooter. Nice. <laughs> it, it's that simple. You're like, so a lot of work went into that Instagram name. And, uh, you know, 100%. yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, Charger Arms. I noticed you guys are like friends with him. Um Yes. Uh, who else? So I've seen, oh, Cheyenne Dalton. I've seen your your patch like pop up a few times on their Instagram and I thought it was pretty clever. Thank you. I love that patch. Some yeah. of my friends yeah. in school are like, bro, you got to give me one of those. <laughs> nice. Okay. So you grew up around firearms. Um, I did. Do you remember your first experience with like shooting a gun or has it um, just been at this point you were like, dude, I, I grew up with it. Like, so, <laughs> you know, that it's like, you don't really remember your first time. Um, my dad 
taught me safety first before we like went out and shot anything like with a bb gun he would leave one on the table and be like tell me what's wrong with it and fix it Mm -hmm. and he would like leave the safety off and i would be like dad the safety's off to be on and then we kind of just went down the road and i the first gun i ever shot was a ruger bearcat 22 revolver and we just shot it in a lake with no fish and we were my dad's like just try it out see how it feels yeah so it was cool and what was do you remember thinking you know like what went through your mind when you shot the gun i had a lot of fun it was something that i could definitely want to experience again yeah what do you think about as far as like child farm safety like obviously your parents made sure to like instill you know safety uh, fundamentals first and I know like, so I'm a firearms instructor and there's a lot of parents that'll come through my classroom and they're just like, you know, if I don't tell my kid I have a gun, they're not going to look for it. Problem solved. And I'm like, I don't think that that's the way to go about it because like kids are always, you know, they're sneaky. They're curious. Like you always leave. searching. Yeah. And, and so I always thought like the best way to go about it is to talk to them about it, show them the gun teach them the safeties, you know, I mean, even if you don't have a gun at your house, who's to say that they go to their friend's house, you know, do exactly. And so I always thought that that was like really important to sort of instill in their minds, like, you know, at such a young age, because you never know when they're going to come in contact with a gun or there's creeps out there that will like put guns on playgrounds, you know, just hoping that an accident happens. So I always thought that was really important. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm assuming you probably feel the same way. I do. I do. All right. So you primarily compete in rimfire, like speed matches, correct? Yes. And do you do any kind of other matches other than that? Or is that typically what you've been staying um, with? I do action steel, which I use my 9mm PCC and my Canic 9mm as well. So like I... I shoot a lot of rimfire and then like if there isn't a rimfire match in that like area, mm-hmm. we'll find a an action steal or a two gun match and we'll go out and shoot one of those because we're trying to not just be focused on one thing and have like many other disciplines to get proficient in mm-hmm. everything that I can. Yeah. And do you notice like quite a difference between, you know, going from rimfire to center fire? Uh, quite a big difference because in the center fire matches you're normally running and shooting and the rim fire matches you're normally stationary oh. and there's only like one stage and still challenge that you have to move from one box but you don't shoot while you move well damn then i should sign up for rim fire here i thought like i was like oh it involves too much running how do you even run but now that i know it doesn't include running maybe i'll you know <laughs> <laughs> i like both i like more the action steal a lot better because i get to you know be active and shoot as well it's yeah. I want to try to work on my speed. Yeah. I know. That's kind of what I need to start working on as well. Is I've noticed like I shoot accurately, but I'm so slow. I mean, I'm not like super <laughs> slow where it like takes me, you know, like just super concentrate and then it's like pull the trigger and then line up with the target, <laughs> concentrate, pull the trigger. I mean, yeah. I can shoot like, you know, with a decent speed, but I have noticed that I need to increase speed. What is it? And I was working with another instructor um, like two weeks ago on increasing speed and they were like, "Okay, you know, now I want you to do some sort of cadence where it's like one one thousand shoot two one thousand shoot. And then they're like, "Okay, now we want you to go up to the next level. What are things that you do in order to increase speed? 
Because for um, me, that wasn't working. I would be like, one went <laughs> boop, oops. Um, For personally, my speed, I'll like set up a, in my living room, we have these stickers that look like still challenge plates and we'll put them everywhere on the wall. Mm-hmm. And I'll start from one position and I have to walk my way through a course in the living room to try to build up speed in that aspect. Because mm-hmm. like when our range that we go to, they normally don't have stages like set up. So at home, we try to, you know, create our own stage and try to make it like an actual match and shoot in a dry fire match conditions. Mm-hmm. And you're just using your typical gun, your regular gun, just dry firing it. Mm-hmm. That's actually pretty smart. I think that that is my issue as well as like target acquisition and, mm. you know, so moving and then, okay, line up your sights. And a lot of times I'm trying to teach myself to build that muscle memory that the minute when I, you know, pick up my gun, it's already aligned, you know, with exactly where my gun, when I, you know, when I put up my arm, I'm trying to explain this and it's still early in the morning for me, (laughs) but, you know, I put out my arms and my, my eyes, you know, my side alignment, it's already there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's weird. And then also absorbing recoil so that you can get on target quicker which i don't know if that, like have you had any issues like trying to you know absorb some of that recoil like obviously rim fire it's going to be a lot easier but then when you move yeah. to center fire it's like you know because i mean we don't have as much upper body strength as some of the other shooters out there that are just mm-hmm. like and you can tell like they're really using their muscles and i don't know so do you have any tips for the shooters out there like me <laughs> um, um to absorb some of that recoil I bought some hand strengthener stuff. Yeah. And I would like up the torque on that a lot just to try to get my hands to be able to like get used to it. So I could say that helped me a lot with that. The hand strengtheners, are they the ones that, because I know they have the ones where it's a trigger and then they also have like the grip balls. What do yours look like? Uh, There's one... That has like, it's a, it's a little circle and it has like a lot of tension to be able to pull it down. And there's one that you just like, like, I don't know if you've seen the ones on TV, if they're like in the, like in a movie or something, but they're like, they're really big ones and they have the little dial thing. Hmm. Whenever you like pull it down and it hits the button, the dial goes and it's another one. I have one of those. I have a stretchy one that goes on the edge of my fingers and I have to stretch it out like a spider web kind of thing or like kind of like webbed feet. That's what I feel like when I'm using it. Huh. Well, damn. Now I know what I'm doing after the show. What, did you get it off of Amazon? I did. I did. <laughs> okay. You'll have to send me a link. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> and all the other shooters out there, they're like, well, wait Woo-hoo. a minute. <laughs> wait, why wasn't I doing that before? Yeah. Right. Here I am. I thought just lifting weights would have helped me or... I do. I actually, yeah, I've said this on the show before, but when I first became an instructor like eight years ago, my muscles would get really fatigued just holding the gun out Mm -hmm. in front of me. And I noticed that with a lot of new shooters. Now it doesn't bother me because I just, you know, you sort of just build up that muscle. But there's not a lot of things that you're doing where your arms are just out in front of you. So it does kind of get tiring regardless of like how great of shape you're in. And uh, so what I would do is I would take like a can of soup and just hold it out in front of me when I watch TV. Sort oh, that's of just, smart. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it helped me, but that was my only, I was like, I just didn't want my muscles to get fatigued when I was like doing the shooting test because then your accuracy starts to go to crap and mm-hmm. yeah. But that's a good idea. I should start doing that. Yeah. Or even just a weight, like a three pound weight or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably, probably helps. 
I'm going to take a quick break real quick, talk about primary arms. Reagan, something that you might be into with all the 22 shooting that you do is the primary arms has their SLX one to six by 24 variable optic with the ACSS reticle. And it's specifically made for the 22. I don't know if you've had a chance to check it out. I have not, but I probably should. Yeah. They make some really nice stuff like the rest of their ACSS reticles. It has drop compensation and wind holds, but specifically calibrated for 22 with the 50 yard zero. The illuminated reticle gives hold points out to 200 yards in 25 yard increments which pushing a 22 out to 200 yards is really great practice since, you know, the round drops off so fast. That was another thing I learned last weekend was like, depending on the caliber, how the round comes out of the barrel and goes up and then down. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's, That's it's cool to see at the rimfire match, the, the long range that matched that shot. Yeah, I know. It's, I know it's like, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Especially if you want to get into like longer range shooting Shooting a 22 at a distance gives you great affordable practice without needing to, you know, access like a big range. For those interested, uh, you can get that optic for $289.99, and that's at primaryarms.com. Don't forget, you're going to use that code AVA, A-V-A. You're going to get a free scope mount with any of the primary arms optics that you buy. All right, so how is it that you manage to get in all this practice and do these competitions while staying in school. Are you homeschooled? Do you go to public school? I go to public school. Uh, this year I started my first year of high school. So that was kind of crazy, but it was, I like it so far. Do you go to a fairly big school? Um, I would say it's a big school. There's about maybe 2000 kids that go to school with me, but that's like nine through 12. Yeah. That's still pretty big though. I think that's bigger than Mm. what I went to school with. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Honestly, I gotta say, like you, uh, you could not pay me enough to go back to high school. <laughs> it was one of those things where, and I have friends that, like, she has a daughter who just started her freshman year, and like she's having such a hard time, and it's like I feel so bad. It's like I don't know. I mean, I just feel like kids could be so mean, but they can sometimes. I agree. Yeah, and it's I don't know, and you just like there's so much peer pressure. And I was trying to tell her, I'm like, if you only knew, like, it's not even going to matter, like, four years from now, you're going to go off, like, go your separate ways. I mean, some people keep in contact with, like, I have friends still from high school, but for the most part, I'm like, it's not, we think it's so important, but I just wish I could tell more high schoolers that, you know? Mm -hmm. Do most of your peers know that you do competition shooting? Most of them do. There, a lot of my friends that I go to school with are pretty supportive of it because they they think it's cool and they want to go out and shoot with me a lot. Nice. And they're like, "Oh man, you should take us to a match one time." I'm like, "You got to get up early, but you're more than welcome to show up." <laughs> and they're like, "Well, what's early?" <laughs> you yeah. talk about early, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's really cool. And would you say that most of these friends haven't shot a gun before, or like, would you say no. that you? peak a lot of their like curiosity if they haven't shot guns um a lot of my friends have shot but it's not that they go as often yeah um they've probably most of them have shot with their families you know and like just trying to get the feel of it but um i don't think any of my friends haven't shot before or or at least once Mm -hmm. but if they haven't and i just don't know about it i would love to take them out and 
you know, show them what shooting is all about and how it can be like really important for them. Yeah. Not only as a person, but for their, like for everyone around them, like, Hey, shooting's fun and like have them branch out and tell other people that to see if they can get into it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really important to sort of change people's minds about guns because, you know, unless you've ever like shot a gun, a lot of people just they just learn from like what they hear on TV or mm-hmm. the news they and stuff. They think guns are bad because they see it everywhere. It's yeah. Like something on a news headline about it when mm-hmm. they really don't know what it can be used for. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. What guns and gear are you running for competition? Um, For my Steel Challenge and Rimfire stuff, I use um, a Taxel X-Ring. It's kind of like a Ruger 1022. Okay. Um. I use a Ruger Mark IV light with a bunch of Tandem Cross stuff in it because Tandem Cross makes amazing things for 22 long rifles. Mm-hmm. So totally check out Tandem Cross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then that's what I normally run for those. And then for my action steel and centerfire stuff, I have a Charger Arms custom built uh, PCC. And I also have a Canic TP9 SFX for my handgun. Nice. And then who are some of your sponsors? Because I noticed you were working with Energetic Armament, who yes. makes uh, really nice suppressors. Silencers. Yeah. Yeah. So Awesome titanium silencers. Yeah. Is that fairly recent that you teamed up with them? Um, They've kind of been around since the beginning, and I thank them for that because they're very supportive, just like the other sponsors I have as well. They're very supportive of what I do for shooting and also what I do for like trying to bring more people into it because I think we need more people like that. Mm -hmm. I know. I think that there's a lot to be said about the people that support you from the beginning. Like I have one sponsor, Manicore Arms. They were my first paying sponsor for the podcast. And, you know, to this day, like I'll always be thankful for that because it's like they kind of take a risk because they're not really, you know, you're not as established. They don't really know what they're getting themselves Mm -hmm. into you know, and then as a result, like I'm not raising prices on that company because of that, you know, like just, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Hey, you were willing to take a chance on me and I'm going to, you know, show you throughout the years that I appreciate that. And then who else, like, have you guys, have you guys gained any other sponsors like in the last year or so? Um, I would say that like one of the most recent ones is probably Neo Tactical Gear. They make awesome patches. Oh, that nice. that's where my pineapple badge came from was Neon Tactical here. Okay. Um they're they're great people. They're very awesome and supportive. Um Tatum Cross has been huge. They're primary they're my primary sponsor with all of my 22 gear and stuff. And we shot a match together with all the teammates that could go to the match and we had a lot of fun. They're very amazing people, just like the rest of my sponsors. They're all very supportive. They like to see kids out shooting and, you know, supporting the Second Amendment and getting them out and seeing what it is for like the other kids Mm -hmm. generation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In real short time, like you've already reached a level where you're shooting at like the top of rankings. How do you think that you've refined your skills so quickly? Is it just Um, is it just like that practice in your living room that, you know, kind of did it for you or one of the one of the parts? Yeah. Um. When I first got to the range, everyone was really supportive and they would tell me like, hey, if you shoot this way, you'll shave off this certain amount of time. And if you do this 
and like just little tips and tricks and stuff that have like I've integrated in my practice that have definitely helped out. Yeah, definitely. Remember, let's see, you got to shoot uh, in the 2020 World Speed Shooting Championship. How was that? That was a amazing experience. I loved it. Uh, a lot of the Tatum Cross people were there. We had a lot of fun shooting. I liked it. It was a it was a really beautiful facility. It was a great range to shoot at. And it was it was cool because there was a lot of people from like the steel target paint team I got to, you know, talk to and hang out with and stuff. And then there was a lot of people from a different team that I would talk to. Just a lot of people. And then like it was so like diverse on the squatting because there would be like different people from different teams all combined into one squad and you would shoot with each other. And it was, it was a cool experience. I yeah. Liked it. Nice. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk mm-hmm. about Caldwell. I don't know if you have any experience with Caldwell, but if you're wanting a stable bench to shoot from, you need to check out their stable table, which I was just using actually at the range, because the first thing you want to do when you're about to practice and work with another instructor is to make sure that your gun is zeroed in. And a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, just using a table just to help. I mean, they do have, you know, other equipment for that, but just shooting from a table definitely helps to zero that gun in, which is what I did. Really easy to transport. You set it up. It has three wide legs for stability. The bench and the seats are attached to a central post. And you can move, like you can rotate them. So it's kind of cool because you're like, all right, let's shoot the target off to the far right. You know, instead of like moving that table, all you have to do is just, you know, it just, the rotates either you could rotate the seat Mm -hmm. or the table. And it's just something that I think is really cool, especially like if you were going to go like varmint hunting and you just wanted to set up your table, let's say like in the middle of nowhere, and you're looking for the, um, I always forget what the hell they're called, the the little, I joke, and I'm like, they're ground squirrels, but like, what are they, like, not gophers. I don't know what, what they are, are but oh. <laughs> they have them, they have them, they're everywhere here in Colorado, and they're so, like, they're so destructive, because they dig all these holes, and then if you have, like, cattle or something, and the cattle, you know, they accidentally step in the hole, and they break their legs, and and I know I'm going to have a million people that are going to message me and they're like, they're called blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, okay, prairie dogs, maybe. Maybe they're called prairie dogs. Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, but this would be a great, you know, a great way to just like, hey, set up that table and just kind of go to town. <laughs> um, right now, they're only $159.99, which is $100 off. And now's a great time to go and buy them. And if you use the code GUNFUNNY10, you'll get 10% off your first order. And you can do that at caldwellshooting.com. Reagan, I noticed that you also started getting into archery. Yes. How long have you been doing that? Um, I've been doing archery since I was about eight, I think. Okay. And so then did you just now get into competition doing it? Uh, no, we've been doing competition archery for a while now, but their tournaments are a lot more spaced out. So you have a lot more time to prepare for them. How would you, so I actually, I did some archery, um, maybe two years ago Mm. and it's like, it's like the same fundamentals kind of apply to a degree. Yeah. uh, But it's also pretty different. I actually, I think I was there for like two hours. And also, can I just say that thing that they give you for your wrist, you know, so that you don't slap your wrist is so small. 
the the wrist guard. Yeah. yeah, I know that they can. I know you can get a bigger one, but when you're just like renting the equipment, which is like so stupid because you figure like most people, if they're just learning, they're gonna slap their wrist like a million times. But I wish mine like went all the way up to, uh, like, to my elbow, because yeah. like when I was done, I you know days after I looked like some heroin addict. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't a good look for me. And I didn't slap my wrist like too many times, but it just took a few times that, you know, but I think you I did it look red. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Um, <laughs> But I did it for like two hours because I was just like, I was getting kind of frustrated because I was just used to always, you know, shooting accurately that I'm like, I can do this. And I'm sort of like a perfectionist, but I don't know. I mean, I thought it was a lot of fun. I also didn't realize how expensive it gets, but I guess with any sport, you know, I mean, you can end up paying like thousands of dollars for something that you think is just so simple. Mm-hmm. How is it that you compare in archery competitions? Uh, like to, to shooting competitions? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, so I mean, are you are you kind of at like, do you rank fairly high in archery or are you still is there kind of you still um, have like a little ways to go? I would say. I wouldn't say like super high, but probably in like the at least somewhere in there. Like not like always first place. That that would be great. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm kind of somewhere in that area. But nice. I like shooting archery. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Is there anything else? Any other kind of sports that you're into? Uh, just archery and competitive shooting. I do Girl Scouts with my mom though. Oh, really? I do, yeah. And every time cookie season comes around, I'm like, yo. Oh, right. You should buy some, you should buy some cookies. How long have you been doing Girl Scouts? Since I was in about first grade. First oh. grade or kindergarten. Somewhere in there. Dang. That's a long time. How halfway. long? How, at what age can you no longer be in Girl Scouts? Uh, You can be in Girl Scouts until, like, like if you, like, selling cookies, you can be in Girl Scouts till senior year of high school. Uh-huh. But. Like you can be in Girl Scouts as a volunteer or as someone in like the the service unit and like as you're a working adult and stuff like that. Hmm. That's good to know. Yeah, I actually I didn't make it past uh I don't know, a few meetings in Girl Scouts for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really my thing. What has your most rewarding experience been so far? Like since you've gotten um, into competition? I think the most rewarding thing was actually being proficient in shooting a gun and like on its own. Mm-hmm. Like it's nice to know, like at the range before I shot competitively, I wouldn't know like how to clear a jam or change a mag like super fast or anything. But now that I'm shooting more often and I'm getting more proficient in it, it's nice to have that ability to be like, Hey, something's wrong with it. I know how to fix it yeah. and then get back on target and really like, keep going mm-hmm. instead of having to slow down and you know look at what's going on and yeah kind of yeah. be like whoa but now i can just do it pretty simply and it's nice to know that after competitive shooting it's really helped me like get proficient in something mm-hmm. to the point where i can defend myself and my family yeah absolutely i know whenever i used to get a jam i'd be like oh no it's just gonna go off by itself help what do i do yeah and <laughs> and now it's one of those things you don't really even think twice about you just clear it and get back yeah yeah and i think it's good to know like the ins and outs of your gun and Mm -hmm. and then also be able to use it you know well and 
do you have any like mentors or people that you look up to in the industry? Um, I have someone who's been like around shooting. His name is Tom Nalen. He's very, very like, I would consider him one of my top mentors. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot of very helpful things that have helped me slow down and like, you know, collect myself to the point where if I know I'm doing something wrong, I can like get back in a mindset to get back into it instead Mm -hmm. of like just going full force, knowing that it's not going to be as good as if I, you know, change my mindset and get back into the flow of things. Yeah. Which I would say mindset is probably more than half the, yeah. I mean, you, not only do you have to be a good shooter, but you could be the greatest shooter, but if you, if you get flustered easily, like let's say you miss a target and you're like, ah, and then you get in your head Mm -hmm. and then it's just like all downhill. So it's like really important to like, all right, whatever you missed one, get back into the groove of things. And it's so much easier said than done. And then it's, I would think it's even more intimidating when there's like other people watching because you could do really well practicing, but then once competition day comes and you know, there's people everywhere. I mean, it's something Mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't think about. No. Um, I would say competitive shooting is like at first you want to try to get all the fundamentals down and, you know, go, go from there. But then after you do that, you want to get like a really strong mental game because that's a part of it too. Like if you don't have a strong mental game, but you have really good fundamentals that, that kind of counteracts each other because if you don't have that good mental mindset, it just kind of throws you off a lot. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you worked on to obtain that mindset? Um, I would say like when I got up to the, to the box, I like to my, my shooting box, I would kind of run through the stage a couple of times, like before I shot it, like just standing there. Yeah. And I think with the whole mindset thing, you got to like take a deep breath and kind of like just tell yourself, yeah, I'm going to shoot this stage. Totally awesome. The mm-hmm. last one was good, but this one's going to be better. Like you, you have to keep the positivity going. And yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty much what you have to do the entire match is just try to stay positive as much as you can. And then what about mid match, you know, midway you start, you know, missing some targets. How do you mentally prepare to get yourself back in the game? Um, I kind of, if I keep like missing targets and stuff, I'll kind of like take a breath while I'm shooting and like slow down a little bit, like get back into it. Be like, Hey, if I don't slow down, this is not going to go as well as it would if I didn't like slow down. Yeah. So I think my, my dad tells me that all the time. He's like, you got to slow down. And I'll like try to take that like into consideration and slow down personally and just try to like let go and shoot in a slower version but then on the next string or on the next stage I'll try to do a lot better with that Mm -hmm. do your parents do any competition shooting they do not uh every time we go out shooting the the guys that we shoot with they're like when is your dad gonna shoot he always tells us he's going to shoot but he never does so it's kind of a it's kind of a joke at this point um, but they, they shoot at the range, like not competitively, but like just to get practice in a lot. Then when they were teaching you, I would imagine that they can only take you so far before it was like, all right, you know, you guys taught me the fundamentals and, and all yeah. of this, but then how did you get to the next level? Um, I would say the people around me in the shooting industry alone taught me a lot too. Like my, my, my dad and my mom did great in the 
fundamentals aspect and they're doing great in that still today. But a lot of the people that I met over the course of the three years I've been doing competitive shooting, they're like, oh, if you, you know, take this and you use it here, it'll benefit you in the long run to do this instead of like, like changing bad habits is really like what got me like here because if I didn't change those habits I had before Mm -hmm. I don't think I would be here today where I'm at yeah are there any other competitions that you'd like to try out in the future um I would like to shoot a three-gun match once that is the one match we cannot find here in Florida uh there's a lot of two-gun there's a lot of action steel but three-gun is a unicorn that you just can't find that's interesting I wouldn't have thought that it's strange Huh. And so when you say two gun, is it mostly just handgun and rifle? Handgun, either a PCC or an AR normally. Interesting. Why do you think the reason for not having a three gun match is? Uh, I don't know why, really. I, there might not be a big enough audience as there is for like two gun and action steel. Yeah. I'm, I would love to shoot one. I've, I've watched a, a three gun match up north in Florida, but I haven't shot one myself. How are you with handling shotguns? I like shotguns. I, I do like shotguns. I like 12-gauge shotguns a lot. Yeah. But um, I would say handling them is a fun experience. Yeah. We went to the range one time, and some guy had just built a 12-gauge shotgun, and he was setting it in, and he's like, you want to try it? I was like, yeah, man, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was cool. Mm-hmm. Like. My dad always tells people she will shoulder anything that you give her. Yeah. And I was like, you are right on that. <sighs> so do you have any future plans that you can share with us? Um, I would like to enlist in the Navy to become a sonar technician. I've always liked the feel of being on like a cruiser or a destroyer. I would love to potentially be on the USS Enterprise when it comes back on surface in a few years. But that's something I would love to do is just join the Navy and be a part of, you know, serving our country. Wow. That's pretty cool. And have you talked to a recruiter yet or? Um, they're coming to our ROTC class in January, I think. Mm-hmm. But like our JROTC class is for the Army, but it's like, I don't think there's a school in our district that does the Navy, but that was like the closest thing I could get to. So I was like, I'm going to do that. And what made you decide that you wanted to do that? Um, I don't know. I've just always, you know, had a huge amount of respect for the people who serve our country, you know, mm-hmm. volunteering to give their life to serve what they believe in. Yeah. is something absolutely. that I always found like very respectful, like, wow, they're that dedicated to, you know, protecting the people that live in our country and, you know, protecting the freedoms that we have today. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would love to be a part of that. Yeah, that's really neat. That's nice that you know you have an idea of what you wanted to like what you want to do. I had no idea. I was like, I think I want to do fashion design. And then fashion now look design. at me. <laughs> and I have the worst fashion like sense ever now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at one point I lived in New York City and I did have some, you know, fashion sense, but yep, this is where I am now. <laughs> uh, so funny. All right. So for people who want to follow you online, where can they find you? On Instagram, my handle is pineapple underscore shooter. And on Facebook, it is just Reagan Hearn competitive shooter. And if you do end up following me from this podcast, you're awesome. Thank you. And just spell your your first and last name so that they can find you on Facebook. 
if you don't mind. R-A-E-G-A-N, and then that, that's my first name, and then H-E-A-R-N, it's my last name. All right, cool. I could tell you have like a sort of an East Coast accent. Yeah. It keeps it keeps throwing yeah. me off because you I'm actually sorry. No, well, I I love East Coast accent. Um, well, but you. it it keeps throwing me off because you actually sound like my half sister who's a lot older than me, which is funny cuz you're wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 35 and and she is in her 40s, but you you like talk so similar and it just keeps making me think like I'm talking to her. It's so weird. <laughs> So that's why if I sound like I'm out of it, it's just because I keep thinking about that. I'm like, it's just the way that you pronounce things. That's interesting. So, all right. Well, moving on with the rest of the show, IWI. So if you guys are looking for an affordable AR, you should check out the Zion 15 from IWI, especially with now, like, I mean, prices still haven't come down. I was looking at mm-hmm. prices for just like regular like ARs, like cheap ARs that back in the day used to be like $400 and they're over a thousand. Yeah. I would say if you're looking to get a quality AR where, you know, it's going to hold up over time and it's not some like cheap, just with all these like cheap parts and stuff, definitely check out the Zion 15. MSRP on it is $8.99. So you're going to get it for less than that because typically you don't pay MSRP. It has all kinds of features like 16 inch chrome molly barrel. It has the 15 inch free float handguard. The stock and the grip are from B5 Systems, Magpul, PMAG, and all kinds of stuff. I've seen it in action. I actually I have yet to get my hands on it and I want to. Because it just looks so awesome and like people that I trust their opinion, they've had nothing but good things to say about it. If you guys want to check it out, head on over to IWI.us and don't forget while you're there, you see any accessories that you need, any extra magazines, swag, all of that good stuff. Just uh, use that code GUNFUNNY15, that gets you 15% off. All right, so today in politics. Politics. What is going on in the world? Today, it's political AF. Biden's pushing to sign the UN Arms Trade Treaty. The Biden administration's latest attempt to push gun control is an effort to resign the United States onto the UN Arms Trade Treaty. The treaty was originally made in 2014 when Obama was in the White House, who, of course, immediately signed on, including U.S. funding for implementation of the treaty. President Trump withdrew the U.S. from the ATT because of a promise made to voters who recognize the danger of the U.N. ATT to the Second Amendment. While proponents for the treaty constantly state that it would have no impact on the Second Amendment, it's a blatant lie. Essentially, under the ATT, member states would be required to collect end-user information of every firearm imported into the country. This means if you bought, you know, Beretta, a Glock, any other imported gun, it would have to be registered and entered into a global database, and then they would be able to track your arms. And I think this would last for 10 years, which is interesting that after 10 years, it magically drops. This comes after 600,000 actual weapons of war were left, you know, on a silver platter for the Taliban. But, you know, they care about what we have. But there's nothing to be done to track those, you know, weapons that were left behind. 
The one good thing on the treaty is that it would have to be ratified by two-third majority of the Senate. This treaty will likely be pushed extremely hard, though, and a number of Republican senators have supported it in the past. Senate leader McConnell even refused the request from President Trump to return the ratified document after he withdrew the U.S. from the treaty. It's definitely something that, you know, we need to keep eyes on. Uh, Definitely let your senators know that this treaty is not acceptable. And like I've said, I, I say this every show, they're coming at us from all different angles, but you definitely don't want some global registry. And then don't even get me started on like the importation of all these other firearms and, you know, how long that's going to last. Because a lot of our guns, I mean, you know, last week I had uh, H&K on the show. I mean, a lot of their guns are imported. So it definitely creates a lot of issues. But moving forward, Manicore Arms. One of the funnest PCCs out there, I think, is the CC Scorpion. And Manicore makes a ton of upgrades for them. So there are pages of upgrades that you can do, including the bullpup kit, the carry handle four ends, which really give them a space gun look while adding lots of capability. Upgrading those safety selectors is an absolute must. The factory ones are just kind of harsh if you're not using it with gloves. The switchback charging handle is another great upgrade since you can give it that HK slap. And the handle tracks out of the way so that it doesn't catch on anything. And no gun would be complete without the Manicore Arms Nightbreak, which is just a game changer. So if you guys want to check out these parts, head on over to manicorearms.com. Don't forget to use the code AVAROCKS15, all one word, and that's going to get you 15% off your entire order. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. All right, today's Q&A, how are you and Tickles coping with the repairs? Reagan, you probably didn't hear. I haven't put this on Instagram too much, but my house flooded about two oh. weeks ago. Yeah, buy a house, they said. It's been so much fun. Woo-hoo. Uh, So it was the hot water heater, and it just erupted in the middle of the night and caused a ton of water damage. In fact, right before this show, I woke up super early to run some errands to look at tile and then figure out carpet. Most of my house is not carpeted. It's hardwood. But Mm. I decided that since my house just looks like a construction zone right now, that (laughs) I would also just redo the master bathroom and bedroom. I'm doing all new tile in the master bathroom. And picking out tile and like coming out with a design is actually kind of hard. And I've always thought I was like kind of a creative person, but I'm like kind of on the struggle bus as far as like picking out (laughs) floor tile and then around the tub tile and then in the showers and And then I think I'm going to tile parts of my vanity. So I don't want it to look too busy, but I also don't want it to look like totally boring either. Yeah. And then yesterday I was looking at carpet because I'm like, all right, you know, I kind of have maybe my tile design figured out. So let me like look at the carpet and see, you know, and I'm thinking that carpet install is like I pick it out and like a week later, you know, they're going to come and install it. Well, I don't know if you remember, but like in 2020, when the prices of wood went up, I mean, really the prices mm-hmm. of like all repair stuff because people kept like doing all these repairs and remodeling to their house and it was like in high demand. Well, apparently that hasn't gone down too much because now from what I was told is everyone is replacing the carpet in their house. So I'm looking at about eight weeks before I can even get the carpet replaced. And I'm like, I'm like eight weeks. I kind of had this whole idea in my head like, OK, first, we're going to take out all the old tile 
We're going to put in the new tile. The carpet in the bedroom is going to be trash because of it, but it's no big deal because then right after we're going to put in the new carpet. And now they're telling me eight weeks out and I'm like, well, the tile is going to be done in two weeks. So you're telling me that I have to like deal with my like gross carpet for six weeks, which is a no go. It's not going to happen. I'm a clean freak, germaphobe. I'm not like, you know, I I can't. Um, After the show, I'm going to a bunch of carpet places and I'm going to see if like some of the mom pop shops, you know, can install it a little bit quicker, which is going to be more expensive. But I'm like, I'm not waiting eight weeks. (laughs) So, yeah, if you buy a house, just there's so many things. This is my first house and there's just so many things that I am learning and I probably will continue to learn. But that's been my learning my my lesson, I guess, for the week is uh, don't just assume that, you know, you can just go to Home Depot, order new carpet and, you know, and you get it like that week. HGTV makes it easy, makes it seem easy, at least. Uh, I know. I know. And then as far as tickles coping, um, so I, I did get back into my house. They start more repairs tomorrow. So I'm going to leave and just stay with my cousin. And I don't know. I do feel bad for tickles because she's like walking around the house there's nothing on the first floor. Everything's like the furniture's covered up in like tarps and then there's just no rugs or anything. And you could tell she's just super confused. So I feel <laughs> bad for her, but it is what it is. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. All right. Tactic Talk. Okay, I was today years old when I found out that FN stands for Fabrique Nationale. Did you know that that's what FN stands for? Actually, no. Wow. I thought like learning new things. I know. So I was like, or FN H, which I thought, you know, I thought it stands for Hersel, Fabrique Nationale Hersel. I have no idea. I'm just like, where have I been? Like, apparently, I just fancy. It sounds like. Honestly, it sounds kind of cheap. <laughs> Fabrique Nationale. Like it just sounds like the off brand of something. Like, I don't know. When I first <laughs> when I first heard this, I was like, oh, okay, this is a new company that just came out of the woodworks, like all these other companies, you know, in 2020 when guns were hard to get. And all these companies that we've never heard of were, you know, finally it was their time to shine because they actually had products in stock. But no, it's actually FN. So they just released a really cool pistol. 22 LR. It's the FN 502 pistol. And I was looking at it. It looks like it's full size. So basically, if you're familiar with the FN X 45, the tactical, it looks like that, but it's chambered in 22. To go with being optic ready, it has suppressor height sights for co-witness and you guessed it, a threaded barrel as well as making it perfect for suppressors. The single action hammer fired, which I don't know how I feel about single action. I'm just like, I don't know. I think it's just so pointless at this point, but it has similar controls and ergonomics to the FN 509. It's great, more affordable training gun. So, you know, if you have the FO9 holsters, it will actually fit that. The trigger is supposed to be pretty good as well. Although, you know, I've never even, I've, I've actually shot FN guns and I was pretty impressed with them. And I thought that they were actually kind of, they weren't marketed as well. I was surprised that they're not as popular, but I think they mostly deal with uh, government contracts more than, you know, Instead of selling more to the public, they deal with more government contracts. But I always thought that FN made some pretty good guns. What I really like about this is it actually comes with a 15-round magazine as well as a flush fit 10-round. But 
most of the 22 pistols on the market usually only hold 10 rounds, which I always thought was kind of dumb because it's like, obviously 22, you know, so small that like, why can't we make a larger magazine for it? And do we really have to stop at 10 rounds before it, you know, I think after that it starts having malfunctions. Don't quote me Mm -hmm. on that, but you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm like 15 rounds. All right. Now you're talking my language a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I hate like running out of ammo and like, okay, now we got to stop with the magazine again. So it's like, if I'm going to load it, just let's load it all at once and then have fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's supposed to be super accurate. And yeah, I mean, FN actually seems to have taken all the customer feedback of existing 22 tactical pistols and address them with the 502. They're available in Blacker FDE. MSRP is $499, which is a little steep, I think, for 22. But, you know, again, this is MSRP, so you could probably find it for much less. But I definitely think it looks like a really fun gun. If you guys are into that, definitely check it out. GSM Outdoors. Something most of us need to do more often is clean our firearms, which I'm so guilty of this. Uh, I <laughs> even at tw- like during 22, during like all the shutdowns, I was like, this is the perfect opportunity. I'm going to clean all my guns. And I like clean like one or two. And then I was like, nah, OK, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. How often do you clean your guns? I would um, imagine I would imagine with rimfire, though, you probably keep up with it because you know, I mean, they're obviously more likely to malfunction and like any little thing will set it off. Um, I do. I do clean them a lot. Um, I can't say that I clean them before matches, maybe like a few days and then we'll go out to the range, function test it and then kind of bring a not heavily dirty, but like a kind of semi dirty gun to a match because you never want to have a clean gun during a match because you don't know if it's going to malfunction. or not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. Yeah, so one thing that'll help make it easier is a cleaning mat to protect the surface of your table. And also, you know, you don't want like all of that like gunpowder and On a table. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It's no. like Yeah, so definitely use a cleaning mat. Uh Tech Mac makes some really great affordable mats and they have them in a bunch of different sizes and themes, you know, just to get the job done. They range from anywhere from $13.99 to some of the larger ones uh, that are like $24.99 all the way up to $39.99. They even have doormats, actually, which are kind of funny. But yeah, I would definitely recommend head on over to Tech Mat. So it's T-E-K-M-A-T dot com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY20 and you're going to get 20% off. Already, you know, great prices, but you'll get 20% off on top of that. But yeah, definitely clean your guns and use a mat so that you're not getting it all, especially like your your dining room table or something like you don't want to you don't want to get gunpowder and shrapnel and all that lubricant and stuff all over your table and damage, you know, the surface. All right. So today's AF segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome as. Never mind. AF. I actually read this. I read this somewhere and I was like, this is so ridiculous. I have to talk about it on the show. Michigan man sues parents for throwing out porn stash. Back in 2016, David Working, who was then 37 years old, 
moved back in with his parents after going through a divorce. And then you kind of have to wonder, oh, wonder what made you get a divorce. He lived there for about <laughs> 10 months, which I'm like, 10 months, like, come on, guy, doing homework. Um, I'm not sure if he was going to school or not, but he was doing homework instead of paying rent until he was asked to leave in August 2017 after police had to be called to the home for a domestic situation. He moved to Indiana and his parents brought his belongings to him in November that he had left in the house. Missing from the items were 12 moving boxes full of porn, which was initially valued at $28,940.72, which I'm like, how the hell do you even don't forget don't forget the 72 cents like how did you even add all that up his parents informed him that they had destroyed them his father said quote frankly david i did you a big favor getting rid of all the stuff that you would buy and watch films depicting such violence is beyond the pale i have no words to express the depth of your shock and disappointment believe it or not one reason for why i destroyed your porn was for your own mental and emotional health I would have done the same if I found a kilo of crack cocaine. His parents even kept some of the worst of the worst in a safety deposit box because they were afraid that they were illegal, which you can only imagine like just how disgusting this stuff is. But mm. last fall, David won the court case that his parents in acting as his landlord, which I don't understand because he didn't pay rent. Yeah. Um, and acting as his landlord did not have any authority to destroy his property, which they did not deny. While distasteful, none was determined illegal. David was originally seeking three times the estimated value. The judge in the case hired an expert to determine the value. Over 100 couldn't be valued, but the remaining items came to $30,441.54, which his parents were ordered to pay as well as the $14,519 dollars and 82 cents to his attorney so many things come to mind i'm like one how is that like okay well one like okay it's no wonder you're you know getting a divorce divorced like what a freaking whack job two you seem like a loser i mean you're staying with your parents for 10 months doing homework and you're like 30s yeah you're not paying rent also why would you bring 12 boxes of porn to your parents house parents like why house. not just like if anything if it's that Burn if them. it yeah, and if it means that much to you, like put it in a storage unit or something. Oh, and it's not like, I mean, I'm sure growing up, you probably knew his parents weren't like for that. I don't know. There's just so many things. I'm like, this guy just sounds like a total creep. And then the fact that a judge would order his parents to pay that, I mean, that's over $45,000 that they had to pay. And meanwhile, they were like out of the goodness of their heart, letting this, you know, loser stay with them. Taking him yeah. in at 37 years old because he was going through a divorce and like, what a slap in the face. I don't know. That's I get so I get so annoyed. I get so annoyed like when parents, when there's like good parents out there and then the kids are just, just, I don't know. Mean. Yeah. Yeah. And they just have, I mean, you see it more with the younger generations, not pointing fingers at you, but just like that, no. that whole entitled, you know, personality. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. where these kids got, like, such a sense of entitlement and, like, that they don't have to work and, you know, everybody owes them something and, oh, I just hate it. I don't think like that. That's, if you want something, you work for it. Yeah, I know. But, and then I have I, a summer job, so I definitely know what that's like. Oh, yes, girl, you go. Yeah, I know. Anything that I have, I've, I've always worked for as well. But, and then I also, I hate that. I mean, I'm not saying that they're great parents everywhere because there's not. And 
I was mm. just talking to my friend last night. Um, she had me over to her house, to her mom's house for dinner. She's visiting and her mom's like so sweet. And we were saying how when we were younger, you just automatically assumed that like, because my mom was so good. Like she was just amazing. Like she really put my sister and I way before her, like before herself. And I wish she didn't. But, you know, as a kid, you just think that it's like your parents job that like mm. this is what they do. They're supposed to do this. And then you become older and you're like, you know, I actually really was lucky. Like not all parents are like that. There's some really crappy parents out there. There's some really crappy kids out there. But, you know, it's really not the parent's job to like go above and beyond, which my mom did. And it's like, I don't know, I got kind of emotional because my mom's not here anymore. And I wish I could just like thank her for everything that she did. And, you know, so if you guys have a good parent or parents Definitely make sure that you thank them and stop with the, you know, entitlement. Like, it's just so annoying. That's so annoying. Anyways, end rant. iTunes review. So there's no more reviews. There's only one left. So if you guys haven't left a review, please do so. 22 Cheapster. Hey, I know that guy. He's a he's a Patreon. Titled awesome. Five stars. Just finished episode 209. Does tickles have floaters? So amazing to hear about someone that not only loves what they do, but is extremely knowledgeable and well-versed in what they do. Getting more angles on what's happening and projecting a path forward. The guest is amazing and sounds like a great friend to Ava. Better banter, great Freakonomics style information, and epic story inspiration for life. And this is just one episode. Gun Funny is one of the best theme podcasts available. All right, guys, it's time to wrap up. Yeah, and by the way, 22 Chiefster message me and uh, I'll send out a prize pack. But it's time to wrap up. If you guys want to support the show, if you want access to our patron only Facebook group and you want to be included with like-minded funny people, consider becoming a patron. You could do so by just going to gunfunny.com, click on the support the show link. You also get entered into a drawing to win a blown deadline $300 gift certificate. Last month, Blown Deadline did a Tavor 95 uh, for a Patreon. He did this camo pattern. It came out freaking amazing. Uh, and that was, you know, the Patreon that won last month. I believe last month or the month before. But yeah, if nothing else, you know, any Patreons, you get entered into this drawing. And if you win, you get like an awesome Cerakote job of your choice. Wanted to thank the $25 Patreons, Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, and Melissa Ridings. King of the Patreon, Jon Snow, he wants me to say the Operator Tickles has never had a chance to beat the odds. They always surrender first. <laughs> and I don't know if you know who Operator Tickles is, but she's my little four-pound dog. <laughs> Adorable little dog. She's so cute. She's actually sitting here right next to me. She went oh, to... I wish my dog was doing that. Yeah, she's... She's such a mommy's girl. She like will not leave my side. That's why I'm like, look, Tickles, right now we're roughing it, but at least you're not at the babysitters, okay? (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, Reagan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank Um, you for the opportunity. Of course. Can you just remind people (laughs) once again, Tickles! See, I mentioned her and she has to make her little debut. I guess Amazon's here delivering something. Who knows? (laughs) Woohoo! Can you just remind people once again where they can find you online? Uh, Pineapple underscore shooter on Instagram and Reagan Hearn competitive shooter on Facebook. All right, cool. Well, keep up the great work. 
thank you for, you you know, for just even motivating other people to get involved in shooting doing an awesome job. And just if nothing else, I mean, you are just representing women in such a tasteful manner. And I don't know, I just hats off to you. I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate the podcast. It was a fun experience. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. Definitely recommend. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Thank you. All right, guys. Well, on that note, we're out of here and I'm going to go shopping for a carpet. Yes. (laughs) Yay, carpet. (laughs) Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.